0: Hello, Rip City! To all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful Tuesday, the 18th of February. I am Keith Feltner-Smith. He is Ty Delbridge. What up? And you are listening to the Podland Trailcasters. Keith, if listeners are wanting to write us on social media, where can they find us? We love people writing us on social media as we take all those writings at Trailcasters on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram.
1: And if they want to send us an email, because maybe they're not tech savvy and they're not on social media yet, where can they send the
0: email? You know what, man? I'm tech savvy and I'm on social media, but I still like to go old school. I love those fancy, dancy old school emails, and we take those emails at trailcasters at gmail.com.
1: And before we start the show, what should listeners be doing to this podcast on whatever podcast app they are listening five
0: stars. on? That would be five stars.
1: We love five stars. <laughs> and these awesome beats that these people are jamming out that they're moving their hips like Shakira to where can <laughs> we find these beats
0: they can always find these beats at uh, from Odar at soundcloud.com slash Odarbeats no matter what we tell you on previous pods you can always find the beats there <laughs> alright so shout out to our sponsor as well Brendan Nuckton over at Clearly Speaking Oregon, Oregon.com. Uh, like I am not doing when when you get tongue tied, if you are speaking too fast, if you stutter, any sort of thing like that, Brenda can help you over at clearlyspeakingorgan.com because she Ty is a licensed speech and hearing pathologist. She knows how to address all this stuff. Clinically, how to uh, go about it and really help you to work on techniques to refine your process, uh, reduce accent, reduce fatigue in your voice from talking all day or strain from when you're just too excited and you're trying to talk in a higher voice because you think people are afraid of your sexy baritone. Whatever works, whatever you need, Brenda can help you out with that. No, you don't think that's it? That's not it? Well, anyway, clearlyspeakingoregon.com, clearlyspeakingoregon.com. Coming up next, we have a guest coming back. Our first guest from the uh, new generation of the Trail Trailcasters, Chris Burkhardt, cool. coming back to join us. He's got some hot takes, fresh off a long road trip with the Blazers and now a nice uh, all-star break weekend for him. He's got uh, everything to tell us. So let's get straight to it.
1: I have to figure out my video, so.
0: Yeah, no video for Ty, I just get to look at Chris. I keep doing it, it keeps going red. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's odd. That's
1: <laughs> That's me. Step up my numbers, those rookie numbers.
0: All right, ready, set. He is the digital media, not the, are you the or a? You're a. Are you the I'm al- head? Are you on, what?
2: I'm always a the. I don't get- care if there's one or 20 people, I am the. Okay, okay, <laughs> we'll go
0: with it then. Kay. He is the digital media reporter and a cameraman at NBC Sports Northwest, as well as a, a just a good all-around great guy and uh, some of the, the strongest goatee game that I've seen in a long time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Chris Burkhart, uh the first guest as well of the of the next generation here on Trailcast. So making his return, uh, I think Skype told me it's been four months since you were on here, man. Uh, you've been you've been away. You've been away too long.
2: I haven't been away. I just he's a busy been invited. guy. That's, that's different.
0: Oh. <laughs> hey, look. I think I invited you, you at least once. You can blame Keith for that. You 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 were on a road trip at some point, I think, when I invited you, or or at least I thought of inviting you, and then I realized, oh, the places are on the road, so Chris isn't even going to be in town here. That's no, probably. I, I feel like at least when I when I see you around the office, I'm like, Oh, I could have him on the show. He's, he's available. He's around. He's surely not busy with anything else in life. If he comes into work and I see him in person.
2: Yeah, That's the only reason I recommended you for the job was to get more invites onto the podcast. So come on now, <laughs> help, help me help you. Right.
0: All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I'll, we'll, we'll step it up. We'll do one, more than once every four months. No, you we're know, we'll, good. We we'll be legit. better than that, Keith. <laughs> uh, but Hey, speaking of road trips though, um, we had two games before this weekend's All-Star break that I don't really even want to go into that much, the New Orleans game and the game in Memphis. Uh, the basketball itself and the Blazers, not that exciting, unless either of you want to throw back to something that seems so long ago. I'm not super concerned, but Chris, uh, Ty, were you going to say something? Hey, look at that. We've got Ty on camera now. He yeah, showed up. I got it fixed. Yeah, yeah. You're not just there a voice, on, uh, voice behind a curtain. <laughs> Sorry, I just interrupted you. (laughs) No, you're good. Uh, All right, well, hey, we've got video, but do you want to add anything about the games or are you just joining the the visual conversation here?
1: I was just joining the visual conversation. Uh,
0: But, yeah, besides the games, Chris, like I said a minute ago, you've been out on the road with the team for for how many years now? How many years have you been traveling with the team?
2: Uh, Gosh, I think I've been traveling now for about four years.
0: So I'm sure you've seen a lot of amazing road trip events, some amazing uh, uh, scenes that no one would believe, but... In particular, I heard from Jamie Hudson on this last trip that I think it was between New Orleans and Memphis, is that right? Uh, Something happened where you guys ended up taking a bit of a road trip instead of the normal uh, uh, travel patterns. Can you tell us any more of the details on that?
2: (laughs) Yeah, a road trip is right. Uh, usually, yes, I'm on the road with the Blazers, and but that's a uh, that's in the airports, right? And traveling through the air, nice and easy. Uh, but that wasn't the case getting to Memphis from New Orleans. So what happened was Jamie and I had an eight o'clock flight, so we left our hotel about six o'clock, running on fumes because we worked till about two o'clock in the morning anyway, and. We are driving to Hertz to drop off the car. We get like in the Hertz shuttle to get to the airport, and then get a notification that our flight to Memphis has been canceled. We're like, okay, Lovely. well, <laughs> at least we're at the airport. We can fix this. We'll figure it out. Then they're like, okay, we've already rebooked you. We've booked you on one that leaves New Orleans at five o'clock. Well, I got to get to Memphis. I can't leave at five o'clock. So. Uh, we canceled those. Like the,
0: the, It'll be leaving five that evening. So like right before the game. Yeah, exactly. You.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so so we canceled those flights and I get on our, our travel booking system. I'm looking for a flight and we find one from Delta. It is uh, from New Orleans to Atlanta, Atlanta to Memphis. So like, it will get us into Memphis about three o'clock. Jeez. Perfect. So I booked that flight and then literally two minutes after I book it, it was going to leave at nine o'clock and it's set like seven o'clock in the morning now. Uh, two minutes after I book it, get a notification that says that flight has been delayed by two hours and is going to land <laughs> in Atlanta 15 minutes after our connecting flight was supposed to leave. So I'm like, I can't risk this. I got to get to Memphis. And we're there. Jason Quick of The Athletic happens to be their former co-worker of ours. He was on the same plane, too. He's like, y'all. Shout out. Yeah. Y'all uh, just want just to rent a car because that's like our only option. And we're like, all right, let's Google Maps this. We do. We're like, hey, six-hour ride. Let's do it. It's our only option. So we go back to Hertz, get a car, get on the road, six hours driving through the middle of Mississippi to get to Memphis through one of the, the craziest rainstorms I've ever seen. I posted a video of it on yeah. Twitter. Everyone kept saying, like, Yeah, I saw the video. <laughs> it, I, my <laughs> caption was, like, driving through Memphis or Mississippi wild, and people were like, uh, you know, correction, Oregon. I'm like, Dude, this is nothing like any rain I've ever seen in Oregon. The weather report comes on, where this is radio, weather report comes on, and they're, like, so nonchalant about it. They're, like, uh, today's weather forecast calls for a 100% chance of rain, 100% chance of thunderstorms, and there may be even a tornado or two out there. Like, they just throw a tornado <laughs> or two in there, like, it's nothing. So, yeah. No big deal. That means panic for me. Yeah, right? <laughs> so we hit the rain. It's crazy. Like, the wind is blowing. There's no tornado, but the wind is blowing. The cars going crazy. We finally get into Memphis. It's 3 o'clock. I walk up to the, the desk to check in, and they're like, oh, we don't have any rooms ready yet. I'm like, oh, lady. I'm on four hours of sleep. I've canceled like three different airlines today. I had to drive six plus hours to get here. And I'm here at the designated check-in time, and you're telling me my room's not ready? Well, like, well, I don't get this. I just want to take a nap and shower so I can go to the arena. They finally get my room ready at like 345. So I run upstairs, take a quick shower, get dressed, because I have to be at the arena at about 415. So that was my that was the hard day of travel just to get you guys all that Blazer content
0: that's that's we appreciate it that's amazing no I, I wanted to dig in on some of this though real quick what is the deal with the the rain you're saying it was so different than up here dude portland is obviously known for how wet it is up here it, it was it that much no, just more it, rain no, uh, was what, what was the difference
2: heavy i've never seen it rain so heavy like it is coming down literal buckets of rain like it was like standing under a waterfall like, the windshield wiper is, like, trying to get the rain off, and it's only, like, halfway up the window, and it's already covered, and you can't see anything. Like, I've just never seen that much rain falling at one time. It was wild. It's, I,
0: I, if anyone has not seen the Twitter video you posted, it should definitely be checked out. It, it is crazy. And I understand the the comparison. People up here want to say, oh, no, it's, it's Portland, and it's so wet up here. To be totally honest, though, if you you know do an easy, quick Google – the southeast gets way more. Uh, just it's it's generally wetter and generally rainier down there than I think we would really give it credit for. Probably because a lot of the uh, the tropical storms, a lot of kind of the weather right. fronts that come through there. But yeah, the the nonchalant mention of the tornadoes. I love that. That's a great detail on on just what they are probably dealing with. And and like you said, Ty, I'd be freaking out up here if I heard that. Oh what? Yeah, like it's like, like a weather report up
2: here where they're like, you know, th- it's going to be overcast with a chance of rain. Like in Mississippi, they're like, it's going to be overcast <laughs> with a chance of tornadoes. Wild.
0: <laughs> so, how many times on, like, the, on, on in the, the, you said the four years traveling with the team, how many times has something like this happened where the flight has gotten canceled and suddenly you've just had to make do with whatever you could come up with, like a, a three person road trip uh, across states? Like uh,
2: this is the first time that I have actually. The first? No, this is the first time that I've said, screw it, the only option is to rent a car. Usually it's just like, okay canceling flights delaying uh, getting new flights because not the only reason this one was so bad keith is because it was a back to back and not only was it right, was it a back to back memphis is easily one of the hardest cities in the nba to get into there's like no direct flights to really? that city from anywhere our original flight was a layover in Houston to get to Memphis. And then the one they rebooked us on was Atlanta. The one I re rebooked was Atlanta. Everything is a layover to get there. So you get two. And new Orleans is a hard city to get to too. So you get two hard cities to get to. Then you put them on a back to back. That's what, that's what screwed me. Now I've had games like, uh, I I covered the MLS cup that the Timbers were in, in Columbus. It took me 18 hours to get home the next day because of delayed flights, canceled flights, misconnections. That's crazy. Um, (laughs) My, my boss, Peter Sokotch, you know him, Keith, there at the office, he had a game a few years back when there was, he was in New York, big snowstorm coming through, and he had to taxi into LaGuardia, which was like a $150 taxi ride. He got to LaGuardia, had his plane canceled. He had no idea what to do, so he taxied back to his hotel, and they didn't know whether he was going to go there or, Dem- or Detroit or Cleveland. And he had like a hotel booked in three spots. So it it gets crazy, I promise you. It gets crazy. It's not always, you know, just wonderful first class traveling with all the amenities and grapes with people fanning (laughs) us. It gets a little hectic. So you
1: want to be a sports writer,
0: huh?
2: Yeah. These are the things they do not tell you about in uh, journalism school.
0: Well, and and that's why I wanted to ask about it because I I mean you've heard me I say that to you all the time. I would love to to check out that kind of the the road life and just the the there is this fantasy in a lot of our heads especially I'm sure people that get into podcasting this idea of oh yeah I'd love to get that full professional uh position there where you're traveling with the team you got to follow around for the full NBA season and it's yeah I think there's a lot more uh I, I can't say that I have experienced too much of myself but just being adjacent you don't realize how much uh stress you guys go through and how you are constantly on the move like I mentioned earlier the few times that I occasionally see you in the office, I'm like, oh, hey, I could have him on the pod now. It's been four months since I feel like yeah. I've really seen you around just hanging out, man. You've been on the road that often. Yeah, so the uh, thing what, think uh, what my wife
2: and kids think about that then. like, <laughs> It's tough.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a taxing life. I, I believe it, man. It's got to be tough for the partner and the family as well. Uh, now, after that game in Memphis, though, the Blazers get their break. So you get yours, right? You got to come home here. Uh, and get all ready to settle in on the couch for watching all of All-Star Weekend, right? I'm sure you dug into all of these beautiful basketball festivities now that you have some time off.
2: Yeah, absolutely, because that's what I wanted to do with a rare day off, was <laughs> watch basketball.
0: <laughs> uh, I'd, I was trying to set you up to to just to give me the finger on that one, no. but yeah, the I mean, obviously the truth be told here...
2: I mean, I mean I'll, mean, I'll give you the been... finger if you want. It's a podcast. People can't even see it, Keith. Come on. <laughs> I can see it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, this is just for us here. <laughs> okay. Ty, Ty was uh, Ty was really looking forward to that one. No, um, I, I mean, yeah, I, I can totally understand that you come home from uh, those long basketball travels, and the last thing you're probably wanting to do is settle down for the All-Star Weekend. But I don't know uh, how much you have seen on the social medias and in all sorts of the, the covers since then, but there was a lot of happenings. There was some crazy, ridiculous uh, dunk contest controversies. Ty, you and I, last weekend, when we were prepping... Uh, for the All-Star break, we were talking about Dame and how they had added two new three-point shots in the Mm three-point contest that were basically Dame shots. Uh, And we were putting bets on the line for uh, how likely Dame was to win it. And lo and behold, Dame didn't even compete. Uh, didn't make it to All-Star. Well, he did make it to All-Star Weekend, but not to the events itself.
2: Hey, well, k- kudos Athlete. to Dame for being such a such a professional that he wanted to make sure all those other competitors in the three-point competition had a chance. So he just bowed out. Yeah. That's the type of player. Th- yeah. That's just leadership, Keith. That's all that is.
0: <laughs> He's a real gentleman. He's a really nice guy uh, to just kind of you know let, let them have a chance, give Devin Booker his spot as well, uh, which uh, Devin Booker, obviously, appreciated respect to him. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I guess... Ty, I don't know. Do you feel like touching on the ridiculous dunk contest? Uh, yeah, we can touch on it if you want. Um, I mean, I I don't I don't really have a whole to. lot to say about the three point contest other than that Dame wasn't in it. It was cool. Buddy Healed uh, took it down, uh, and honestly, the thing. Yeah, what? I always enjoy
1: the three point contest. I almost I almost liked that more than the dunk oh, contest. Uh, I have in the past the last couple of years uh, liked it more than three point, or I've liked three point more. Um, yeah, I think this year was fun. I didn't know really like how well I would like the new changes of that new ball. And I also didn't know that I had thought like maybe like it was a rack back there. Like I didn't know it was just, just one, one like Mountain Dew ball. Yeah. yeah. Which was cool. And I would actually really like it. And I put some money on buddy Hield to actually win that thing. I had him and Duncan Robinson just in case I had those two and with Duncan not doing good, I had buddy healed. So I cast out a little bit on that. Uh, but I would have taken Dame though.
2: He would have smoked that competition. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what we were saying last week for, 2 What my, about you, Chris? Between.
2: What? I love the three point competition. I think it's fun. It's intriguing. I, it's cool because it's something I can go do. Like, I can go to the gym and I can just start jacking up threes and feel cool and, and count how many I do. Yeah. I think the dunk contest is dead. Like, it is so boring. <laughs> There's got there's fix no it. dunks that we haven't seen yeah you got to find a way to fix it yeah. and the, the the annoying part is is how come you can find like a dozen people to do a three-point competition but you put four people in the dunk contest four
0: <sighs> so I And mean, you don't
2: even offer Ant, who let me tell you what when he comes does his pre-game warm-up dunks he always ends his warm-up with a dunk absolutely soars it's a, a, the dude would have killed it in that competition but yeah, to only put four, and it's not even guys that like a lot of people want to see. Like, I think it's cool Pat Connaughton was in it, but like, what is, what is like the the overall national impact of people wanting to see Pat Connaughton in the three point contest? No. And the same and the same goes for Ant. Like, how many people want to see Ant in the three point contest outside of Portland? You got to be fair. But when you put, well, guys listen, like how many that-
0: people want to see Dwight Howard do this, man? Dwight Howard is ridiculous to see him get in there. I don't understand what, like you said, if there's only four people dunking, why does Dwight? Howard right. going he he was
2: absolutely horrible. Yeah, and you wanna talk about like adding some intrigue. You guys are in Chicago, like Nate Robinson, like right there. How? How? How is? Oh my God! How is kryptonate yeah. not in there? Like, put Vince Carter in there just for <gasps> and giggles. Who cares? Like, it, no one's there <laughs> to watch guys jump out of the gym because guess what? We've seen that. Do something that's actually going to entertain me, and I think that'd be wonderful. But another guy jumping over Taco Fall—he jumps right over Taco Fall. Yeah, <laughs> Taco Fall bent
1: okay, his no. head. His. He rubbed his
2: across top head.
1: That's basically ta- what ta- he ta- did. Taco Fall's
2: head alone is three feet tall. So as soon as he bent his head down, he was only dunking over someone who was six feet tall anyway. And
0: well, okay, For- forget the Taco Fall dunk, though. The other one that Aaron Gordon did before that, though, uh, off the side of the backboard where he's catching it with his, like, uh, what, 360 oh, windmill, crazy. essentially. That was incredible. And honestly, I don't know if we've seen a dunk like that before, at least in an NBA dunk contest. That That is honestly what you brought up, uh, too, Chris, as far as, what is relatable we can all relate to a three-point contest because we all shoot threes mm-hmm. not all of us are out there dunking like this and if you are really into dunks you can go and look up dunk contests that are not nba dunk contests and they blow this stuff out of the Way water better. It's, Absolutely. it's insane Way what these better. guys are doing that, uh, that are not nba players i i gotta say though aaron gordon probably the best nba dunker in history like what he can do is something be, because he has the size and the ability to kind of get some of these moves going. What I generally feel is I enjoy watching smaller dudes dunk. Nate Robinson and uh, all these other guys, it's more explosive to watch the small guys versus a Dwight Howard or something like that. But Aaron Gordon has got the size and the muscle and the, the explosiveness still having the ability to do some of these things, like the air chair that we saw uh, against uh, who uh, Zach Levine a couple years back, right? I, I like watching him dunk. I like watching Derek Jones Jr. dunk as well. Uh, what I don't like watching is... These judges that seem to have no real credentials for dunks, no we had real had analytics. actors in there. Yeah, you have actors and then you have teammates. You have a teammate of Derek Jones Jr. giving him a better score to win it out over Aaron Gordon in the end. And that was a whole dumb controversy. It's stupid. I don't want to spend too much Bro. time on this cuz I think we all agree it's broke.
2: We do need to spend that, something. I don't think that Gordon's the thank best dunker.
0: you. You don't For those of you listening <laughs> on the
2: podcast not on the video cuz that's what we're filming on, you would notice I took my glasses off cuz I was just <laughs> I, I was just dumbfounded that this guy thinks Aaron Gordon's the best dunker of all time. I was like guys like no, no, I didn't say of whole time basically I just said he's one did. of those
0: dunkers. You, you yeah. Okay, what? He's not basically even in
2: did. the same conversation as guys like a Dominique Wilkins, a guy like Sean Kemp is one of the just the we want to talk about a Vince big guy Carter. who can dunk. Vince Carter, the dunk contest has not been the same since the Vince Carter between the leg that like that changed the world. Vince considered Carter's amazing. Season. He was one of the best dunkers of all time. You had Clyde here. Half man, Jordan, half amazing, actually. Le- 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 LeBron James. <laughs> nice LeBron time. James's in-game dunk the other day is one of the best dunks you're no, ever going to no. see. No. And Le- if Le- dunk- Le- LeBron
0: James does not get to be considered one of the best dunkers until he is down to do some of these dunk contests. In-game dunking is entirely different from doing something off the side of a backboard, at a 360 Yeah, window. but what, what he, he does, does in-game
1: game is what some people do in the yes! dunk contest. Le- 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 LeBron is amazing. <laughs> no,
0: yeah, in an open floor, like I, I agree. What he does in the no, the I game d- is fantastic, but he, those, any dude can throw that down if he's getting—not any dude. Any of these big-time dunkers in the NBA can throw down At 35? At 35? No, let's see him. Actually, he's been doing it since he's 15. Listen, what I would love to see is, like you mentioned, Vince Carter versus Aaron Gordon. That would be a dunk show that I want to see, man. These two, Those are two larger dudes, but they are explosive. They have moves for it. Carter's also 42 years old.
2: <laughs> LeBron James— So, yeah, if so let's if, get that if, up there and tell if, me if that LeBron he's better. LeBron James did the dunk contest right now. He would destroy people. He would just I would love it. to
0: see it, man. He just has too much to lose. Exactly. Is that
2: really all it is, that. you think?
1: He they're, just, they're afraid la- of a pretty good showing Because, up? like, I mean, like, let's say he does a 360 dunk because people were like, okay. And then he's like, that was cool. And then some people were like, that's a 9 or that's a 10. Or he doesn't or let's say he misses one of the dunks, and then he's now a two, like a two-dunker. Like, he just has too much to lose for his rep to do yeah, it now. but,
0: but uh, Okay, we so is there anything this, we can do? We can debate I this mean, all day long. the obvious question. What could you do to fix it, to get dudes like LeBron? Add
1: more dunkers. You got to add more dunkers, and you got to maybe put some more, like, incentives on it, like they did with the All-Star game. Maybe make it for charity, or, or maybe put, like, hundred grand on it, or do something like they did with the... Uh, Mountain Dew Powerball, you get one dunk that's worth 100 points. And also, you mm. got to get off the 50s. You got to move it yes. to 100. You so need now that like, people can get 50s or 75s because now when I think that, I think with our 50s, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. Like there was like 13 50s handed out. Right. And then, like, so then, like, <laughs> so then, like what's a 50? Because I remember back in the day, like 2012, 11, 10, whatever. It was pretty hard to get a fifty.
0: It should be hard to get a fifty. It should be hard to get a perfect score. But I agree. So with move you. it up
1: to hundred and add more people and maybe put some more incentives in it. And I think you're good. But I think some players like, I think some players just don't want to do it because I just think there's too much to lose. I, I I think they've seen the hate on it over time, and then now we've I think we've even seen guys like John Morant on Twitter saying like he's never going to do it. Yeah. And, He's already a right. rookie, and like he'd be so fun to do it, but like he said he's not going to do it. Or Aaron
0: Gordon talking about how he'll, he'll never do it again. He's been kind of cheated out of the win twice, in his opinion, and I kind of agree with him, whether you guys think he's a good dunker or not. Uh, but yeah, man, it's I, I, I think there's a... Yeah, the dunk contest is losing steam, no matter how much they try to hype it up. What do you prefer of the three... I, I guess you both said three-point contest oh, yeah. uh, over dunk contest. Do you throw skills challenge in there at all? Is that Does that hold any weight to you? Is that fun to watch? No.
1: I don't. Yeah, I enjoy it. It's I enjoy it. It's not bad. It's not. It's not great. It's not bad. I think he's gotten better. Uh, They've made it better It's the last basically. Whoever makes a three-point shot yeah, first. Right. I mean, if there is. You, if you
2: are good it, enough, if rank, you are good but, enough to be in the NBA, you should be able to do a weave in and out dribble. That drill. You should be able really to pass a ball. Right. Like it's it's right.
0: They
1: should change the course throughout yeah, it. That'd be dude, nice. Dude, do to something see. so they're yeah, just no.
2: not—they're just jogging through it. So it's just like you're watching a guy literally do like a little quick warm-up drill, and you're packing an arena for that. Like seriously, everyone is in that arena for the three-point competition. It's the only thing that has any intrigue. Like, the, the, the so only- what do you do to
0: make the skills challenge more intriguing? Uh, like, just how, get how rid of you, it. can you make it a more complicated?
2: Get rid of it. Say it again. <laughs> get rid of it. Get rid <laughs> of it. <laughs> yeah, dude, here, here. Get rid of the three—the uh, skill competition. Get rid of the dunk competition. Because that's <laughs> boring. Keep the three-point competition... Put it during the game. So it's like the three point competition happens during the break of the first and second quarter of the All Star game. Dude, then the this next is supposed
0: to be an All Star weekend. Now it's a day. No, you're, you're making this into like why one it game. was is to be an All Star
2: weekend. Here's the thing those players want to go take a break just as much as anybody else. Like, dude, in the locker room in but Memphis, money. those guys were gone. They, I mean, they were gone. Grayson Allen was behind me in the TSA pre line at the airport because guess what? For the first time all year, those players aren't traveling charter. They got to book their own flights but Grayson allen was on the flights <laughs> at 6 a.m to go vacation like these guys want to get out of town they don't want all-star weekend <laughs> if you want to do some stuff on saturday night do those things have your dame dollar performances have some other stuff go on yeah like, the, the whole the skill competition boring dunk contest has it's it's far outlived its <laughs> lifespan unless you do something to it like it needs a defibrillator like a, a boot clear it needs to do something but at least the three-point competition's good
1: we could add horse or something. Dude, we add horse, horse would be awesome. Yeah, we talked about this last week. I think horse would be sweet. Do that. Sweet. That'd be more fun.
2: Horse would be sweet, and I am a huge, huge fan of this. I have tweeted it out like every single year. Just go old school. Bring back MTV style jock jams. Like, do you guys remember jock yeah. jams? Thank you. you bring, yes. You have like, yep. Oh, I love it. You have yep. the twenty-five foot hoop that's worth fifty points. The random ten point spots. Yep. Like yeah. Like the five minute increments <laughs> where there's a ball that every shot's worth double. Like just, just random stuff. That would be so so intriguing. And then you don't have to do this whole like oh they have to compete hard thing because no it's, you're just you're ha- literally having fun and putting on a show.
0: Dude, yeah, give me some slam ball. Like you don't even have Speaking to have NBA of that, players. Though, get some slam I balls. think we should move on to the game real quick. Okay, okay, uh, let's move to the game. So we, we get, have yeah.
1: we have stuck on these skill competitions <laughs> when we all have three. Said they don't really matter, but we spent a good amount of time talking. Well, about Well, you two them. said they it. Must, uh, I
0: want the skills challenge now. to be better, but it's true. <laughs> I think the game
1: though. So I watched it, and I was actually pretty intrigued with all the new changes. What about you guys? I don't know if Chris watched it. Keith, did you watch it?
0: I watched it. I uh, I was. In on it the the whole format change where they basically made if anyone you know needs a review on this they took each quarter and uh, divided up individually so you had the first quarter counted as its own game second quarter third quarter the same in each of those quarters the winner uh, had a charity linked to them and I think it was a hundred grand that was given to a charity yep. for the win of each quarter then the final quarter they took the scores of the first three games or quarters whatever you want to call them add those up and then as a tribute to Kobe say the target score is uh, uh, now the. The lead team score plus 24. So that's what both teams are going for. Uh, this is a system called the the ELAM system, or ELAM ending, I guess is the, the way they put it, uh, for anyone that is not familiar. It's a very interesting concept, and what they did is they basically let, let the whole fourth quarter go commercial-free. So you saw... 15, a little over 15 minutes is what it actually tracked out to. So longer than a normal quarter, which is a, another point we can get into here. It actually tracked out to like 42 minutes. The, the, the game. You're talking about, oh, sorry, the fourth quarter there? That fourth quarter in general tracked yeah. out to like a
1: 42-minute fourth quarter.
0: 40, yeah, forty-three ten I think is what the I saw from yeah. Kurt Heeler or something like that. But it was, as far as actual basketball play, it was 15 it was minutes 15. and 3 seconds or something like that. Okay. Uh, so... There was more than a normal quarter of basketball, so that is something that would have to be addressed if this was ever going to be looked at in more than just an All-Star game. But I thought it was awesome. I thought it was super interesting for the All-Star game. And it, after years and years of not caring about the Sunday game, again, I cared more about watching the Skills Challenge, watching the three-point contest. This was the best part of the weekend by far.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed the game. It was really fun to actually watch these guys kind of compete it was kind of cool to see Giannis, like, in the second quarter, like, when his team got embarrassed that first quarter, he was like, all right, like, this is not happening to right, me. And then yeah. he came out and went for, like, 20 points. Yeah. And then 20 of the first so, like twenty he really was, was trying. And then, yeah. and then, like, in that third, no, that fourth quarter, when LeBron really tried, I think it showed everyone else kind of really trying. Like, when he was like, all right, like, this shit matters. I think yeah. people were like, all right, I'm going to try and do this. And he was like, like, he was getting competitive in there and
0: correct me if i'm wrong but lebron's team was behind right (laughs) (laughs) not good for them good for us
2: i'm just got to be completely honest i didn't watch a second of that game the last thing i'm gonna do (laughs) like like i said the first thing last thing i'm gonna do getting a few random days off is actually connect to basketball i'm gonna disconnect from that game and i did and hey that's all good man look so i'd love the i love the rule changes they were great
1: I love that positivity, Chris. <laughs> I <love it. laughs>
0: so I guess the, the next question is, the thing that has been kind of the talk, is since everyone seemed to enjoy this uh, this format change so much, where can this be applied? Uh, some people have jumped straight so into saying, put this in in the NBA. Take the fourth quarter of the NBA and uh, use this Elam ending thing. Now, obviously, no. like we said, if you did this for a full quarter, you end up with a, probably generally going to be a longer quarter – Uh, On one hand, advertisers might like that because you're not going to go commercial-free in NBA games. On the other hand, this whole idea of load management, resting players, not having them be overly tired, especially at the end of games, kind of goes contrary to all of that. Uh, I've heard other suggestions, just to lay out some other options for you guys. I've heard uh, other suggestions about other, uh, other examples where they've gone ELAM ending only once a foul has been called in the final four minutes. So they will play the first eight minutes of a quarter as usual, and then once a foul gets called, then they go for this kind of target score this is one, and play that way. This is <laughs> one
2: step away from Elam ending only after a foul was called in the final four minutes when the internal temperature of the arena is above 65 <laughs> degrees and there's more than 18,000 people still in attendance. Like, this is stupid. Like, why, why are we trying to change things that aren't broke? Like, the well, current y- NBA system, the current NBA game isn't broke. The All-Star game was broke, so changing that makes sense. But, but yes. trying to get it into the the regular season and change. Changing that stuff that is dumb the best way you're talking about load management could it help this no the best way load management is to knock a couple games off the schedule get rid of these dumb travel back-to-backs just some of these ridiculous things like like why does Portland have to travel all the way across the country to play the New York Knicks, and then like a month later, have to travel back across the country to play the Brooklyn Nets? Like, why? Why can't we schedule those those teams on the <laughs> same damn road trip? That would help eliminate some of these these injuries and these fatigue and this constant travel. Like, oh, like Portland canceled flights. Yes, absolutely. Which you don't get when you're the team that <laughs> gets the charter. You you lucky, just lucky, lucky, lucky group but listen, of talented the reason- people. I love them.
0: The reason they're bringing this up, the reason they bring up the Elam endings as an option, uh, is I think the idea where the the whole the whole idea of NBA ratings being down this year, <laughs> and besides some of it being you know uh, streamers and people cutting the cord. A lot of it could be, uh, theoretically, the idea that people are losing interest when so many games are ending with just a stream of free throws and the intentional fouls in the final two minutes to send a bad shooter to the free throw line. It's not fun to watch, and so this was an alternative where you see a different format where down to the final play, both teams are fully engaged. People are playing hard, even in the All Star game. So you know they would play hard in games that mattered in the actual season. I'm not it's saying it's not it fun to be. watch
1: in football when a team's up twenty and they just run, run, third yeah. down, punt it, and then their team throws incomplete pass, incomplete pass, and then and then it's back to their team and they run it. But we still get people tuning in. This is in. the thing. This so. is the
2: thing that annoys me uh, uh, about this. Is you want to talk about ratings being down, and sure, I get that maybe traditional TV ratings are down, but go to summer league, y'all. Where, where yep. that thing is selling out for a week and a half straight for people watching games being played by rosters that have one, two, maybe three guys who are going to make an uh, NBA roster. Yeah. Nothing else but a bunch of guys who are going to go to the G League or have to play overseas. Like, But they're selling out there because there's interest. I, I, I don't understand why... You already have a giant, giant fan base. They love you to the end of time, no matter what. So now we start to try to change things to get the casual fan. Like, getting the casual fan is not worth losing that hardcore fan. And and I just just don't get that. Like, if if someone wants to get, like, your opinion on something, like, Keith is like, hey – Twitter people, tell me what you think about the podcast. And you get 100 responses and 99 of them say they're all great. But one of them say, hey, your podcast could be a little bit shorter. It needs to feature more Timbers talk in it too. And all of a sudden you start adding Timbers talk to your Blazer podcast because the one out of the 99 said you need to change. Why? Why are you changing for that tiny, tiny percentage that might get him to watch more and a couple of his friends but it doesn't really enhance your product at all it doesn't so why why you kind of mentioned it though you 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 said it yourself though uh, the casual
0: fan is not one out of a hundred the casual fan is the majority out of a hundred like even the 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 serious fans that are engaged i don't even know if you're going to lose all of them just by doing some of this
2: no they're a casual fan already If, if i'm a casual fan and i'm just i'm just again dumb word casually watching I've already made my decision as to whether I'm going to be a hardcore basketball guy or not. I'm just a casual guy. So any changes you're going to make might get me to watch a few more games for the next couple weeks. But then you're going to lose my interest because I'm just a casual fan. If you are a casual fan, you're just kind of always a casual fan. And then if that changes, it was nothing about the game that changed. It was just the way you approached watching it. I was a casual mm-hmm soccer fan right and then i started covering the timbers i started watching timbers more now i freaking love mls had nothing to do with them changing rules or anything it was just i started watching the game more i made that conscious decision well
0: you 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 were more you get you made yourself more engaged but maybe this would get more people more engaged if they are not engaged by the end of games being lost in free throws no like if, if, ah. if people are having trouble engaging with the end of NBA games, if there's any if truth to the to idea to that start, ratings are down, it's not just stream cutters. If you
2: have to start changing rules and changing the way the games are played to get other people in to come watch Keith, then they aren't fans of that game. They're out here looking for a different game to begin with. Like, if you like the rules of the XFL and you want those applied to the NFL, no, you're not an NFL <laughs> fan who wants point. those rules. You're an XFL <laughs> fan. Go watch the XFL. Like, the, you're... You, at some point, you're changing the game so much just to get the fan. It doesn't make sense. Now there are rules that make sense. Like like wh- when you when you bring in shack rules, that makes sense because not not casual fan hated what was going on. Hardcore NBA fan uh, hated what was going on. NBA players hated what what was going on. Just hacking the worst free throw player and just watching DeAndre Jordan and Shaquille O'Neal shoot free throws for the last twenty minutes of a game. That makes sense because you're you you are making the game itself. <laughs> better, and you're not worrying about really rating at that point. But just changing the game to change the game is just stupid, because I can get a couple extra viewers, and I already make billions of dollars. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. You're a fan or you're not. You're a fan or you're not.
0: Well, I'm a fan of the game, but I'm curious about this Elam thing. I liked what I saw in the All-Star game, and I'm, I'm not going as far as saying that I want it in the NBA in the regular season, but I'd be curious what it could do in the Summer League. I'd be curious what it could look like in the G League. And honestly, I'd be curious... What it could do in uh, in postseason, where, again, regular season games, when it's the big, uh, the long run, uh, the, you, the, the when you're going through the full season, don't change that. Keep it traditional. Uh, I'm not as worried about the free throws ending games. But when it gets to the playoffs, you really don't want to see boring finishes. You want to see action. You want to see engagement all the end. If Elam helped that, I'd be curious to uh, to see what it looked like.
1: But that also might help the team. Maybe, like, not the best team ends up winning because they, get dumps- because they yeah. lose on some – random uh, elam thing well, and but, then but we get we get teams, march madness we get like a 16th seed which is fun to see for upsets but all of a sudden they're in the sweet 16 against duke and then it's a blowout on the sweet 16 and we don't want to see that
0: well but hold on wait what are you saying you think a, a lower seed would be more likely to win they'd be more likely to have an upset more
1: freak things to happen yeah there there might be more of an upset i mean like yeah i don't know i just feel like yeah like like if but like if one team has a bad night or if be... one team gets on a hot I mean, it's exciting for a little bit, but then all of a sudden, when it's the finals and that team happened to make it, and then all of a sudden they're kind of, let's say, like let's say, like their luck runs out, and then they get blown out in the finals, then all of a sudden the biggest I thing for the NBA is not as see, exciting in the first round.
0: I don't know, man. I'm I'm just saying, if you looked at first round games, first round playoff games, just just for a second on this, first round playoff games are definitely ones where a lot of fan bases are not going to engage because it's not their team, or a fan base that is engaged as soon as their as soon as our eighth seed team is losing, that team's fans probably start paying a lot less attention. If you had more likelihood for an eighth seed to upset a first seed, that's gonna up engagement. That's like that's my kind of my point right there is just, th- I feel like that would keep people more interested. You're not gonna, if let's say uh, Warriors versus Blazers, first versus eighth seed uh, in like a past p- uh, postseason. If the Warriors were like 30 points ahead in the fourth quarter, and then all they gotta do is kind of run out the clock and, and send people to the free throw line of time, you, they're n- you're never gonna overcome that lead even 20 points ahead, it's so much, less, uh, it's so much easier to predict what's going to happen in that game. But if you have a target score and suddenly Blazers go on a run and get hot and can just play solid defense, that's a much more engaging finish.
1: Yes, but also you might see teams going for the kill and shooting a bunch of threes all of a sudden. So then you get teams shooting tons of threes trying to catch a big lead all of a sudden. You see them shooting
2: threes all the time. Uh, I mean, like we, we, saw we didn't have this we didn't Not, have
1: a, this not that last much.
2: year, and I think uh, the bad hmm. shot was quite the engaging Went up. finish. I think CJ McCollum taking over in Game 7 in Denver was quite the engaging finish. Uh, The NBA has engaging finishes right now. The reason reason you don't see a lot of eight seeds beating first seeds right now isn't because of the rules, Keith. It's because of the talent disparity and that the, the, the top seeds are that much better. So why do you want to set it up so that inferior teams have a better chance to lucking their way into the next round No, I want to see the best teams play the best teams. Like, if if, if Portland makes the playoffs this year as an eight seed and then makes another crazy-ass run to the Western Conference Finals, they go to the finals, you have this crazy story of this team that nobody gave a chance. They beat this team in a seven-game series. Then they beat this team. Then they beat this team. team. But you change the rules so that you give them more chances, and now you don't have that story anymore. Like, well, yeah, they made it. Oh, I don't know about that. No, yeah, they made it. But the rules were changed so much so that it actually made it a little bit easier for him to do it. It just don't do it, Keith. I know that you. I know that you <laughs> so, have a okay. commissioner on the phone. You're waiting to call him as soon as this podcast is <laughs> over. But I urge you to please hang up. Don't dial that phone. Look, number. he's right
0: here on the couch next to me. It's it's Mr. Toby Pug over there. It's, uh, he's he's a uh, he's got. So his- if you want to
1: change the rules for the playoffs, <laughs> for. I think instead of changing it to the Elon rule, or whatever, they should go back to what they did in the past where that first round series yes. is five games. And that would make more upsets because then you have the teams who get hot. They have a shorter, they only have to win less games because with seven games, it's more likely that the best team is going to win in seven games. But if it's a five game series, like we saw with that, what was that, that Mavs and Warriors back in the day when the Warriors beat the Mavs, I think that was in five, right?
0: Oh, uh, gosh. Or was history? that in seven? Man.
1: I think that might have been the first seven-game upset, actually. But back in, I think back in the day, they used to have a five-game series, and that used to get more upsets. But I think that's why they changed it is because they were tired of having upsets and these teams coming in who weren't actually I'm the.
2: A good upset. That's fun. I just think changing this rule. Oh yeah. Uh, is there's some things that you can change, There's some things that I just don't think are worth changing? I think that change is such a drastic change that it it it, it alters how the game is playing. It, it changes the game absolutely, like adding adding uh reviews there's people who are against that but that it, it doesn't change the game it makes the game better because calls are right now like it, yeah I, it, well kind of yeah. they're half right now
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, we, they, yeah. they still need to improve True. there's goal room tending, to fix this
2: there's rule, there's rule absolutely <laughs> there is uh, but again i just keep it with the all-star game you know what that's why you have the g-league run it through the g-league see if it works if it works in the g-league yep. and then you change it and i I'll eat crow because that's what I do. I'll stand corrected, but I just don't think it will work in the NBA. I just...
1: Well, I think like two years ago they wanted to try out that Euro rule where I think you could tip the ball like right off the rim, and I think they're either still doing that in the G League or they tried it and then they realized it wasn't good, so they scrapped it. And now they have the new one they tried last year, which is one free throw counts for two. And I think they're doing that again this year in the G League. See, to that's try. another one I don't. So yeah, they are doing new rules. Yeah. So I mean, i that's I'm another one I don't. Open more open changes, to those I ones. Found too
2: many games to be intriguing by a yep. missed free throw or a guy makes yep. one of two, and 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 now it's a two point game versus a three point game, and it changes how you play. I, I, I yeah. don't know why you'd want to automatically get rid of that. And it, it, you, oh, the game's going to be faster, with, yeah. but you're, you're going to start taking intrigue away from it. Like it's stupid. Like those rules that make sense. Like like I'm a I'm a baseball guy. Like. Adding a pitch clock so a pitcher can't sit there and waste five minutes between pitches, yes, that's a smart rule change. But just changing rules to change rules, Keith, is dumb.
0: Well, okay, yeah, I, I'm i not here to change rules, just to change rules. I think there could be some advantages, some ways that this could be used. Next but year in baseball, if it.
2: you hit the ball, you have the choice of whether you want to run <laughs> to first or third, Listen. and you could fake the guy out. <laughs> so maybe the shortstop throws to first, but you run to third instead. We're just trying to get the casual viewer.
0: Listen, man, baseball has so many problems that it's got to work through. I don't think they need to worry about rule changes at all. I think the NBA is in a spot where you can start to look at the idea, how can we make, how can we pull in the fringe audience? How can we keep growing a little bit more? But I'm with you that they shouldn't go so far as to risk losing uh, the traditionalists like Mr. Burkhardt over here. Uh, And uh, okay, I'll I'll take it. I'm, I'm fine with that. I... I'm still curious though. I, I think there could be value. I, I could I want to play devil's advocate with you guys more, but I feel like I'm I feel like Chris is going to blow a gasket if I push this too far <laughs> <laughs> a little bit.
2: We don't <laughs> want that. Yeah, you do. It's good TV, even though we're <laughs> not on TV. <laughs> uh,
0: let's see what else we got. Hey, some current events. Wh- something we did have last week that we kind of skipped over. Dame got engaged. Uh, the, I can't remember her name, Chris. But I'm not sure if you know offhand since you were more of the digital media reporter here. Uh, it we was, didn't really it,
1: skip over it. it happened like. Three
0: days ago. Oh boy! Okay, it happened over the weekend. We we, we kind of skip by it chronologically, in a way. Not important though. Dame, uh, his his clubbing days are over. He's engaged to his college sweetheart, his baby mama. Uh, some really cool video on there too. It had ET and lots of other former teammates and coaches and uh, friends. Uh, it was it was cool to see, man. I'm happy for him. Congratulations to Dame, uh, as well as the the Dame Dollar content we saw this weekend. As far as something fans actually are are caring about though. The injury, the groin injury that we saw, what was that, in the Memphis game uh, right before the All Star break here? Uh, First off, good timing for an injury to happen is when you have like what, almost two weeks off uh, before the next game.
2: So,
1: I mean, let's say his injury, I know he hurt it, but maybe it wasn't as bad and he (laughs) kind of didn't want to do all the All Star stuff. Like you said, like he wanted to maybe rest and he was ready to maybe not be on his feet a bunch and maybe just do the concert. So, I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. He's like, you know what? I could play through this, but instead of going and doing all that stuff, I'm going to take a rest Saturday night. I'll do my wrap, and then I'll head out. I'll get off my feet. That's I'll rest it. I don't think I'm, I'll do this next year and the year after yeah. and the year after.
2: That's my feeling. Um, I think, especially with Dame, like playing in the game is important, but I think it meant more to him just to be selected he didn't have to make it as a reserve as a reserve he didn't have to uh have someone else bail out for him to get in i think that meant a lot to him i think if you listen to him after the game talking about how he uh, went through some drills in the locker room right after it he still had strength in the groin everything checked out there um that's a good sign i also think it's a good sign that uh coach stott said uh, this morning with dan and nigel that uh he actually had one of the H and P people in Chicago with him. So he already started his rehab in Chicago. And I think if this injury were something that we were going to keep him out for a very long time, uh, that knowing Dame just from what we've seen of him, I don't think he would have went to all-star even to do the Dame dollar stuff. I think he probably would have tried to get out of that just so he could focus on, getting his body right for the stretch run to make a playoff run because again this is dame i know that the dame dollar uh, performance is absolutely awesome and i'm glad he did it but if the season's on the line dame isn't doing that and I think you can all agree with that because we know the type of player Damian Lillard is. So the fact that he went to Chicago, everything checked out. He started his rehab there. He was going to get reevaluated either today or tomorrow at the practice facility. Uh, coach Scott said he will not practice tomorrow. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he plays Friday. If he doesn't play Friday, I really wouldn't be surprised if he plays Sunday. But again, I think Dame looks at this and goes, dude, Friday, a game against the Pelicans, another must-win game, especially after that road trip went. I think Dame's going to
0: be on the court. Well, you mentioned Stotts what about Yusef Nurkic. Oh, uh, well, here, Sorry, let me jump on in on here. the Dame thing real quick, though. You mentioned Stotts's quote. I had heard he mentioned maybe not uh, not practicing Friday, uh, and he even said something about maybe a week, maybe a month. Do you think there's any chance that this is actually something where Dame is sitting out that long, or is this just Stotts being coy?
2: I think, it's, I think it's coach speak, and I think, it's, I think it's true. It is a groin. You don't know. I think it's more of him saying, hey, you don't know. It could be a week. It could be a month. We'll find out when yeah. he gets reevaluated. But if you judge just by how Dame has acted and, and uh, also the fact that Dame is part superhuman and tends to come back quicker from these injuries than anybody, um, I think he comes back because this is a guy who wants to make the playoffs. He doesn't want to fall short. He wants to make the playoffs, and he knows that to do that, he has to be on the court.
1: Uh, and Stotts has been in Florida, you know, so like he's not really paying attention to Dan. I mean, I'm sure
0: he is, but like knowing Stotts, he's gonna play <laughs> it. Like
1: he. I've been in Florida just doing my things. He's been in Chicago doing him. I won't know till I get back, right. and I'm not a trainer, so.
0: Well, Ty, what were you gonna ask about Nurkic? I already mentioned Nurk
1: because we were talking about Dan being back on the court around then because of injury. But I know for a while we've been speculating that these would be the three days or these three games right after the All Star break might be when yep. you see Yusuf Nurkic. But that was before he suffered the calf strain. And I don't know how serious that is, or if we know, and if that's going to set the timetable back now. And I might hit my March first uh, Yusuf Nurkic return date. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right. That's we what you that think. We got that over under th- bet on March first. You, uh, <laughs> you took the o- that's what I
1: said at the beginning of the season, <laughs> <laughs> and then I think we had, we had. I think it was. Yeah, who Danny. Was it? it was Danny. Shout out to Danny. We had Arane. Danny, and then we had someone else on who also mentioned that he thought, or he had heard, or thought that'd it be the three
0: games. Uh. I can't remember. Was it Bodmer? Was it Michael Bodmer? Nope.
1: It was before that. Bleacher Hmm. Report.
0: Bleacher Report? I don't remember. Ah, Who knows? Sean Hyken. Oh, Hyken. Hey, shout out to Sean Hyken. I think think
2: March 1st. Yeah, Sean had said something. I still think March 1st is a good number. I mean, what's that? That's five games, I think, between now and then. You got New Orleans. There's a game Sunday. Do we have a game? What? You have a game Tuesday, then you hit the road. Um, so yeah, it's five six games. I think that's a that's a good number. Uh, I do think he's coming back though. I think there's people who are starting to th- question that. Uh, the calf strain worried him. The calf strain does not bother me in in the, the slightest. It was on the opposite leg, and I'm not saying that's why okay. why it, it doesn't bother me. It's just knowing the body. Uh, That should have been expected. The first time you get on the court, that opposite side of the body is going to be taking over for the other side that A has atrophied and is not used to this. So that other side of the body is going to try to take over and compensate. And in doing so, you might get a minor tweak. Uh, I think it may have held him out for a few days. They haven't said that he's been practicing, but you never know that he might be. Uh, But just by the way he's progressing, the way he's running, right after they said he had the calf train, you saw him walking back uh, uh, in the locker room on the bench and all that stuff. I think he's going to be back fairly quickly. I still think uh, March first is is a great number. I, I would take the over because I think the best way to bring him back would to be right after that three game road trip if he's available. So you hit Indy, you hit Atlanta, you hit Orlando, and then you come back and bring him back, bring him back at home. So I think that's what we're looking at. This is all gut feeling, don't, so don't quote me. This is yeah. not. I mean, you <laughs> can quote me. I said it, but this is. Oh, you are quoted. It's uh, the receipts are in the isn't, pod. This this isn't insider info. This is just from what I've seen of Nurk, what my gut tells me, um, what I know of the human body being a personal trainer before. Like I, I think he's coming back uh, right around that time frame.
0: Well, uh, let me just, well, actually, you, Chris, real here, right quick, and just say uh, your gut feeling is definitely insider info. Okay, that's my bad joke. Ha, got that one oh in there. Oh my Sweet. God! All
2: right. Yeah, but oh, what the hell? Feel I'm just gonna roast myself before anyone else does. Uh, but I also, <laughs> I also joined uh, Ty over here in the losing category, saying there's no way Scowl is gonna get more than 100 minutes. So, yeah, hey! that's Yo, right. We took the L.
1: We took the big L on that hey,
0: one. Hey, go Scowl! Oh, I miss Scowl already. Oh, oh, yeah, my Labissiere, uh, I miss him. That was rough.
1: Real <laughs> quick, back th- or though. Uh, on the use of Nurkic uh, topic, I think if the Blazers would have won those last two games before the All Star break, I think we might have seen him come off this uh, All Star break more of a uh, winning these games. Obviously, like I think these games are must wins, but not as much momentum. I feel like they would have had more momentum. Minute- like I feel like they would have tried to bring him back, like with the fans, and then like all of a sudden like, come off a two game winning streak. You have Nurkic back. Let's do this. Now it's kind of like. Let's maybe win some games and bring it back now. So. Yeah, I think the uh, thing is,
2: though, I think, I think the time, I think
1: Blazers are weird like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe
2: the timetable gets pushed up if the Blazers win a couple games here and they get right back in the hunt. But I think if they drop their next six games and there's Oof. no way they're making the playoffs. No, this is all hypothetical. Uh, they drop their next six. There's no way they're making the playoffs you're still going to see Yusuf Nurkic back before the season. Yep. I think you have to think, just to get him ready for next I year, think, right? I yeah. think so. And we had this argument today uh, in the office with Chad about, you know, it doesn't make sense to do it. And I think it does because I don't think the physical part's going to be the tough part. I think the mental part is going to be the tough part. Any big injury is tough. Like when I dislocated my shoulder, it took me months, and I'm not joking, months to like have the confidence to go up for a rebound, not fearing I was going to dislocate it again. Right. Mm. And so Zach's going to have to do that, too. But I think if you could get him in for, you know, 10, 15 games, whatever it is, and just help him get Mm -hmm. over that mental hurdles, hurdle. So next year's training camp, the body's ready and the mind's ready uh, and he's ready to go. There's nothing. I just I don't think you lose anything. So I think you see him back regardless of where the playoffs are. Yeah. Rather than now you sit out. An entire year. And you sit on an entire summer. Yeah. And now it's been a year and a half before you hit the court and you have to still get over that mental hurdle. So I think it's very I think that's what the
1: Pacers him. did with Paul George, didn't they? I think they I don't believe they were going to make the playoffs, but he came off that broken leg right. from like the USA team. And then there was about 12, 15 games left and they brought him back to play like 15, 20 mites And he didn't have the greatest games but it was just to get him in there to getting minutes to get him getting shots up getting on the court and, and just knowing he could do it yeah it was mental and then that next year he came back ready to go and he had a fantastic year yeah. so yeah i'm with it i think the blazers i think with i think with nurkic and with collins they will be really cautious with them Regardless of how this season goes, let's say they even start winning games, they might even look at it like realistically and go, "Yeah, you know what? Like it's just the eight seed. We're not going to play like Nurkic thirty minutes a night right now. He's only playing twenty three minutes a night, no matter what. Or Collins might not even come back this year. Like I don't know. Like I could see them just like not really scrapping the year, but like not putting so much into this year." Yeah, I
0: agree. Yeah, I think that's definitely the it it the the turning point. we we're, we're right at that fork in the road, I guess, as far as. If they had won those games going into the All Star Break, and if they could win some of these now, then yeah, maybe they are still pushing for it, and, and you can follow Dame, who's going to be pushing no matter what, like you said. But yeah, it's—I don't really have a whole lot of hope. I, I feel like there were too many things would have to fall into place just perfectly for it to work out that way, and I do think you—if we. If we start to see that Nurk and even Zach are being brought along more slowly, that probably should tell you, uh, as a fan in general, that Blazers are, at least the front office uh, side of the Blazers, are pushing that much less as far as actually trying to get towards the playoffs. You both are saying, though, uh, that we are... W- would you put us in the eighth seed still, or do you think it's uh, less and less likely we make it?
1: I was pretty confident for a while that I, I thought their skill with Lillard would just... I think that would just, like, push them in it. But now watching this New Orleans squad... They are scrappy, talented, and they might really, they're really deep, want deep. it. And they're deep. So I think it's going to be tough uh, with them. I think they could catch Memphis, and I think they could get in front of them just with Dame and this team. But I think that New Orleans squad is going to
2: be tough. Hey, and, and being at both those games, Ty, uh, Memphis is for real too, man. That's a, that's a yeah. good team, good young team. They reminded me a lot of New Orleans the night before pushing the tempo, getting the ball going, just young, athletic. I, lo- I like yep. Valanchunas is that, just that goon that you like. <laughs> like just that. a passion to make the playoffs. Yeah, like they
1: want to get he, in there no matter what. They want that respect. They hey, want yeah.
0: hey, yo, can we touch on that real fast from that game in Memphis? Valanchunas versus Whiteside. Whiteside at the end of the game goes up dunks and kind of comes down, throws some arms on Valanchunas. They've been uh, they've been bumping and uh, going the whole way, old game, uh, giving each other some grief. And I don't think this was too much from Whiteside. I don't. Th- I don't think it was uh, too unnecessary. But it certainly was a little extra. And Valanchunas almost like fakes to throw the ball at him, and Whiteside then flexes. Chris, where did you stand on that? Like you were there at the game. I loved it. Was this? Was it, you loved it? Okay, thank you. So you, you're not blaming Whiteside for this. You're not holding this against him.
2: I loved both of it. I loved both of it. Like, Whiteside wasn't going to let Valanchunas have his way with him, and then Valanchunas wasn't going to be Punk. I loved it. Thank you. I, I loved Good. it. Like, Good. I'm
0: glad to hear that. I've heard so many people talking trash about how, oh, Whiteside needs to stop it and Whiteside's stepping where like people bl- saying basically because he had had a poor game so far that he shouldn't be talking trash, that he shouldn't be kind of trying to do this. I feel like this is the kind of game you want to see from him where he's engaged physically and he's, like, fighting for his position. I loved it.
2: Hey, he did have a pretty bad game, but it happens People yeah, have bad yeah. games I, yeah. the, I just love the fact that Valanchunas didn't let him Punk him, and that kind of pissed White side off a little bit But you need a player like that. I liked it. And Whiteside's gritty, too. I think Portland fans should like that. You want that guy who's going to get up in someone's face and get a little gritty when you need it. I mean, for as much as people loved him, do you forget that, like, Arvita Sabonis would not hesitate to go piss a guy off and get in his face. Like, you you like to see that. Um, So, yeah, I loved the whole moment. It was was quite interesting to uh, to see that. Uh, But I get where fans are going. Like, dude, you're about to head to the break. You've had a bad game. Your team's just getting whooped. Just, Just quit flexing on him. I'm trying to be a tough guy, but I like it. It's fun. It's entertainment, man. I love it.
0: How do you Uh, feel about Whiteside backing up Nurk next year? you feel like that's a good fit? Ty and I kind of touched on this last episode because it seems like it's the way the team is going. We passed the trade deadline. He's still here. Do you see him being happy coming off the bench, playing maybe less minutes than he is now, but definitely being a reserve role?
2: I think the team, I I, I think they're going to try to bring him back for sure. Um, I think Bobby Marks had a good tweet about how... um, with the way the deadline went, everyone, no one really unloaded a lot of space. So it's going to be the summer of the mid-level exception, right? And so, <laughs> and, and Portland—I mean, Portland's going to have a little bit to spend there in that. So they're going to be a player, and if if they can convince Whiteside that that's the best spot for him, then absolutely, I could see him back. Whiteside wants his minutes. And you look at Nurk playing. It's not like Nurk's getting 40 minutes a night. The way they, they could balance that out between Whiteside and Nurkic, I mean, they could each be getting their you know 25 minutes a night, which is what they're getting in a starting role, right? So uh, I think he could do that. I think uh, of the two of them, uh, it, would, it would be Whiteside that would have to be relegated to the bench. I don't think there's anyone out there who's going to argue. And if they are, I think they're a little off their rocker. That uh, yep. Whiteside is a better center than Yusuf Nurkic. There are things that he does better than Yusuf Nurkic. That's a, absolutely. Uh, but just all around fit and the way they play the game, Nurkic is the starting center for this team. Um, do I think yeah. they can get him? Yeah, I do. I think there's something to be said about enjoying where you're at, being in the locker room and having a comfort zone, people around you that you like playing with. And, and it all depends on the player, right? But look at Rodney Hood. I mean, Rodney Hood. Took a legit pay cut. Like there were teams offering three, four million dollars more, and he took less money to come play at a team where he finally found his comfort zone. And I think Whiteside is kind of similar. He, he's he's found a team that that found value in him. He has a really good relationship with Dame, and Dame kind of does that with everybody, right? So uh, I could definitely see it. I think the more interesting one, honestly, is <clears throat> is what happens with Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony has made the comments about how he could see himself retiring here. He likes it here. That's a fact. Do they have the money? He's a guy that if they did bring him back, most certainly would be a bench guy. They're not gonna bring him back to relegate Zach Collins back to the bench. And they're not he he just doesn't have the athleticism on the defensive end to play the the small forward spot anymore. So he'd be a backup four. Can he come back? I don't think he would, because he wants to go be he still thinks he has it in him and wants to go be the guy. But my selling point to yeah. Carmelo would be, dude. Come be my backup four. You've seen how the bench is playing this this year. I still can't rely on Anthony to go out and ball every single night. I can't rely on Trent to be giving me 20 points a night. I don't have backups anywhere else. If you're my backup four, you're legit my sixth man. A guy who can come in with my second unit, still play 30 minutes a night, and be my go-to scorer with the second guys. You're still going to get your 20 shots. You're still going to get your 15, 20 points. Come on. Let's let's make one final run. So I think that is more interesting uh, than Whiteside.
0: Yeah, I like it. I have a
1: few thoughts on it. Um, I'm pretty bullish on the fact that I think that those two can play together, and I think they can even possibly even see the court at the same time because I think Nurkic's ability on offense to kind of space the court would maybe be kind of intriguing, and I don't put it past Terry Stotts to try it. We've seen him in the past (laughs) try bigs with each other, and I could see him playing Whiteside and Nurkic together. Um, I would be curious to see if Whiteside would be fine coming off the bench, if he would be fine being on this team when he is no longer getting as much love and attention because he is the new guy and he is the guy replacing Nurkic and he is a guy kind of stepping in when we have Nurkic back and he realizes how loved Yusuf Nurkic is around here. Uh, so I wonder that stuff. Um, and, I, and then I wonder for the Blazers, like... Nine million or ten million dollars for a guy who's coming off the bench. Do you do that?
2: Yes, absolutely. Do that. Why would you, you do, do it abso- for that? Absolutely, for, absolutely. I mean, for a center? Yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing I I, I will never understand the fan argument, uh, and, and this is not being negative to you, Ty. I love you. No, but I'll never understand the argument about would you pay this amount of money for this player to do this? Like, if you want to make a championship run, it doesn't matter. Pay the money to get the yeah. best player on the roster that's going to help you. It's not our money. Yeah, right. <laughs> but get the money that's going to get the player that helps you. And $10 million invested in a white side off the bench is much different than $10 million invested in Myers Leonard off the bench. Like just what you're going to get, oh, yeah. in your, your money to, to output ratio, right? And so if that's the fair market value for him, and you're paying him fair market value to be a bench guy, Absolutely. You go do it. There's players out there that are worth that type of money. And I really don't think $10 million for a key contributor off your bench is that much of a worry. It's when you're paying $17 to a guy off your bench who's not even like a big Hmm. contributor or giving you the points that you need. It's Mm. when you're paying $10 million to a guy to be your 13th man. That's when it's a pain. But $10 million for a guy to be your sixth or seventh guy is totally, totally worth it, in my opinion.
1: I'm with you. I, no, I'm sold on it. And then also, I think what we should look at is we did pay guys $17 million like like with Harkless, and we paid guys like Leonard, and we paid guys like Turner to come off the bench or not play well, and they were making tons of money. So, yeah, I guess like getting a guy like Whiteside, who we know he at least is going to put up stats – when he's on the floor, like he's just a walking double double, then yeah, then at least you're getting your money's worth as a fan. And then again, it's not our money, it's the team's money, so let them spend another one. Yeah, it, I mean, like it doesn't so, hurt. So, so
2: you could go, you could go ten million, right, and get a white side, or his other like I said, Myers Leonard, whose fair market value is gonna be probably three, right? I mean, I'm that's just a guess. Three, four MLE. So you could get four million dollars and get that level of talent, or you can spend a little more and get a white side level of talent as a backup. I mean, I don't think the the answer should be that tough, really. I want to get the guy that can play. Oh. I do think there's intrigue though, Ty, in if the two can play together, because I don't think they can, and I no, they can. and I think it's because of the defensive side. I think you can yeah you can play two seven footers when one of those seven footers is Zach Collins, because Zach Collins can get from the paint and close out space to the three point line so the quickly. Mobility. Yeah, and he's quicker yeah. laterally than both of them. But if you get two guys That's who true. can't close that space and move laterally, you're going to basically have three guys to try you're to screwed. defend outside in a league that loves to take the deep shot. So I think it hurts them a ton, ton yeah, I'm defensively. Yeah, that defensive end, yeah. But offensively, if you can have a guy like Nurk basically running that pick and roll and, and you know, Whiteside sitting under the Because he kind of reminds too. me of,
1: like... Uh of like Jokic in a way. Like yeah. he reminds me of what Jokic does. Maybe he doesn't shoot the ball as well, but I think Nurkic might surprise people. But his ability to pass and dribble the ball, I feel like open up. But yeah, oh, Nurkic, on defense, yeah. those guys try to close out on yeah. on like a it's six a, nine power forward. Yeah. They get blown it's by. It's easy well, we're, we're
2: comparison because not... they play together, but, or played together, but the Jokic-Nurkic comparison is very real. Uh, oh Nurkic, yeah. Nurkic changes the offense because of the way he can pass that ball. Like he doesn't have to be a pick and then roll. Like he can, he can pick with the ball in his hand, and then distribute it from there, uh, which is, I mean, it's Sabonis-esque. It's I remember seeing that as a kid. So it changes the offense drastically with him versus Whiteside.
0: Yeah, we've never seen Nurkic run an offense like what we see from Jokic in Denver. But without a doubt, Nurkic is one of the better passing big men in the NBA, I'd say right now. He's uh, one
1: of the better bigs in the NBA. I yeah. think people are going to forget about that. And then I think next year he's going to remind the NBA that I'm one of the top. Five, six. Oh, seven, seven uh, here's the league.
2: thing. It's easy to forget because we're a year removed from it. But at the time of that injury, he was he was oh, legit. He was legit the second best player on the Blazers. I mean, yeah. legit, oh, yeah. the second oh, yeah. best player of the Blazers. Solid every single night. He had that crazy game against Sacramento, the like 20 25 by five or whatever it was, like one of the first ones <laughs> in yeah. NBA history. Like, the guy is absolutely phenomenal. I definitely put him up there with the the Jokic's of, of the NBA, like the Embeeds. Like, he, I think he's a top 10, if not a top five center. And he's, he's 24. Healthy.
1: What is he like? Or I think he might have just turn 25. He's still so young.
2: That shit, that shit annoys me as a 33 year old. <laughs> like when, when we left it when we left a smoothie king arena and like i'm watching a uh, espn and like zion here's his stat line he, he's, the, he's only the second 19 year old in nba history. i'm like nine oh oh my god this is ridiculous he's born in 2000 <laughs> this is ridiculous i'm just, get off my lawn guys
0: yeah, th- this draft class was the first year that we had NBA players entering the league or players entering the NBA who were born in 2000. That is absolutely mind-blowing, and it makes me feel so old. I know yeah. I'm old, but that is so old. Uh, that's that's crazy. Okay, Chris. before Real t- quick, though. Yeah, what's up, Ty?
1: Chris, do you think there is anything there with Whiteside maybe not getting as much attention from the fans or the team for doing his performance when we have Yusuf Nurkic Thank coming you. back?
0: Great question.
2: I think there's a, a Do you think
1: he has an ego like yeah, that? Yeah, I
2: do, and I think there's a fine fine balancing act with a guy like that. Uh, and I know he's listening cuz all the Blazers fans listen to the Trail Classers podcast. <laughs> of course, of course. I can't Shout even out. I try to give you a plug, I can't even speak. Um, <laughs> but but no, and and that's not a bad thing. Like I'm not saying it in a bad way cuz I think Yusuf Nurkic is no. the same and that's what kind of drove him out of Denver was wanting to be more of that guy and he did all that stuff, and he, he found his niche here in Portland. I think with Whiteside though, <clears throat> if if you can give him those 25 minutes a night, still you still involve him in the offense, he still gets to flex on people. The fans are still gonna love him, whether he's a starter or not. That's Portland yeah. fan base, true and true. All they want to see, all they want to see is just you go ball out, and if you do that, they're gonna love you, right? Uh, and so if he's still getting yep. that little bit of love, he's still getting those minutes, he'll be fine. You gotta remember, like the the Miami thing. Like It wasn't a giant falling out, but he wasn't getting 25 minutes. He was getting DMPs. Like, If if you're going to get him and then give him DMPs, that's going to affect him. But if you're giving him his 25 minutes, I think he'll be just fine whether he's in the starting unit or not. And especially with how Stotts likes to run his lineups, that's still even in your second unit. You're still going to get a lot of run with CJ McCollum. You're going to get a lot of run with Damian Lillard. You're still going to get that. And if you have Whiteside in your second unit with, nonstop with, uh, Anthony and a Gary Trent. Think about how much better it would make them. Part of the reason I think Anthony right. has had such a tough time this year is, dude, his backup center was, and again, I love the way he was playing, but Scal, and Scal is nowhere near as good in, <laughs> it, it, uh, as what Whiteside has been Or Tolliver. Yeah, to, uh, Tolliver playing the Toliver center.
0: Tolliver is a center.
2: And God. don't get me wrong, I love Scal. I wish they still had him because I think there's still potential there, and he was really starting to play well. But I'm just saying, he's not as good as Whiteside, and that's just a fact. And now Anthony has to run with Swanigan playing at the center. And Swannigan is, I I love the guy. He tries hard, but he's just not very good. By NBA standards, since Chad Doings rants on Twitter have proven that when you say someone's bad, you have to (laughs) add the caveat that by NBA standards to the equivalent to other people they play around. I'm not saying he's bad at basketball. You have to be extremely good at the game to make it to the NBA. Uh, But he's just not good. And I also don't think he's a true center because I feel like he's a little bit more of an old school power forward, honestly. And so when you have guys who don't know where to be offensively or defensively, they can't run that pick and roll. And you have a guy like Ant struggling. That's why. So if you can get a guy who had an entire year running the pick and roll with Damon CJ and let him run it with Ant and Gary... Your second unit just becomes so much better. Not only his numbers, but their numbers. So I think the Blazers see this too. Because if I can see it, then you know Terry sees it. You know (laughs) Tibbet sees it. You know Coach Moran sees it. And they're just like, we got to find a way to get this guy here too. Because the worst case scenario is he goes. And then Carmelo Anthony goes. And then... Well, maybe it's not worst case, but Mario Hazonia doesn't pick up his option. (laughs) Rodney Hood doesn't pick up his, and now you have a bare cupboard with not a lot of money. you got to try to retain the guys you have as best you can.
0: Boy, the idea of trying to retain Mario Hazonia, I feel like my head just exploded.
2: Mario has been well, he has Mario's that, been he has bad, but I feel yeah. I know he does have a player option. <laughs>
0: yeah, so it's not really about trying to retain him. He's just going to be here. I just heard you. Throw Mario's that name been in there, bad. Like, oh my god.
2: Yeah, Mario has been bad this season, but I do feel bad for him because that ankle injury yeah, happened right when he was he was having the best stretch of the year. Like he was finally starting to play some meaningful minutes and do decent with them. Like. I don't I don't understand the Mario hate like dude the guy makes 1.5 million a year and gets more DMPs than minutes played so who cares let him go out there and just have fun dude Cares? It's
0: It's the same kind of hate as when Myers was getting all the hate, man. I, I, people, I think, just had all these expectations that this guy was going to be some like another diamond in the rough, another like unknown star. And then, like you said, he comes up here and has some really unfortunate injury timing. And it was kind of behind the scenes because he's a low end bench player. So you're not hearing about his injuries as a highlight, the same way you hear about Dame and Nurk and Zach and all this. So, yeah, he, he's gotten the, the short end of the stick. He also has not performed very well at all. And, you know, maybe with his player option next year, maybe he gets one more chance. Maybe we see him around here. And if it's going to happen, I hope it happens in a Blazer jersey. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I think where, where, where if you're a Blazer fan that you take a little bit of pride in this season is the fact that this team, with 25 games, 26 games left, is still legit in the playoff hunt, starting Caleb Swanigan, playing Mario Hazonia, <laughs> playing Wenyan Gabriel, right? having seven-man
0: Gab- rotations.
2: Yes, having games at the beginning of the <laughs> year where Anthony Tolliver, a 3-4 tweener, was playing center. Where Kent center. Bazemore, who was supposed to be a bench guy, was playing huge starter minutes. Where you had no other option than to go get Carmelo Anthony off the free agent market when no one else wanted him. Like, everything about this season, you shouldn't even be in the hunt for that eight seed. The fact they are, this, that, that's why I have faith in Dame and I have faith when this team is healthy. This is still a good basketball team. There's just a lot that has gone against it this year It has them way behind the eight ball and trying to play catch-up. But the fact that they are even in the hunt for a playoff seed is miraculous, and it's a testament to what Coach Stotts has been able to do, what Damian Lillard has been able to do, and what all these other bench guys have done, too. I think it's a great season just because of that, honestly. I really do.
0: All right, let's uh, let's forget all the theoretical real basketball and let's talk about theoretical fake basketball for a second. The Trailcasters Fantasy League, because we have not one, not two, but three of our owners here today. Since Chris is the captain, the owner, the manager of Greg Oden's Raven, uh, who is what seven and nine in the. So you were tied for fifth place in the Western Conference of the TC Fantasy League, uh, with the same uh, record as Ty over here. Seven. I need and to east. get over to
1: the. I need to hop over to the West then. Oh, you, just got me,
0: that fifth. you just got to be more like the how could you be Moe Harkless up there in second place in the East? Uh, second place Keith, in the strongest conference, thank you.
1: I think I'm gonna be honest with you, and I think you and the research group might be the only two dudes <laughs>
0: playing
1: <laughs> this man. Oh, that is, is not true at
0: all. That is not true at all. Listen, I've actually Maybe, been, I've gone and looked at matchups, man, and I I gotta say, shout out to all the owners in here. I'm not gonna try and name all the names, but people are generally setting the lineups. You're I, the last person to make any.
1: Transactions. <laughs> you. Oh, well you have made the most transactions. Well, that's just my style of you play, man. I use that group, waiver wire. You research group. You research
0: group. <laughs> hey, look, not you don't have to be using the waiver wire to be playing the game, but people are setting their lineups. I'm not seeing. I'm looking at matchups. I'm not seeing the bench uh, full of like people with active games. So people are at least setting the lineups. That's that's good enough no. for me. Look, and with a 20 team league, there's not a whole lot of people you can pull on from the waiver wire. So unless you're an absolute waiver wire master like myself and Sheed's uh, research group over there. I don't know what you guys are gonna do.
2: Well, I was I started out pretty good, uh, but then the ESPN Fantasy app slash ESPN's website took a giant <laughs> on me, and for some reason, <laughs> no, this is a real story. For some reason, I what lost happened? I lost access to my free. It wouldn't let me sign in. Like every time I'd sign in, like it didn't say there was a wrong password. To be like, oh, we we have an error right now, and you can't sign in. So I couldn't set I could I couldn't set my damn. Uh, fantasy football roster in the playoffs either and lost in a playoff oh. game in a money league i was in because so i couldn't set oh, my damn no. roster and i couldn't have, i couldn't get access to the basketball one and i got irritated so i deleted the app and forgot because i was mad at the football league and forgot that i was in the basketball <laughs> league uh, but like, oh. for like but for like four weeks i couldn't even change my basketball lineup i couldn't change my football lineup like i was oh i was irritated so it was espn's fault
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I will uh, I will accept that and I, I guess I, I haven't good. looked at your lineups too often, Chris, to see if you're uh, if you hadn't been setting it. The last couple of times I've checked, I feel like I've seen at least small samples of, of good examples where people were not letting active games go on the bench. So I thought everyone was uh was well and engaged. I, I hope that hasn't Maybe been it's just too me. people. <laughs> just just Ty who's sitting back not doing anything I'm just
1: the word. At least I'm Chris has an excuse. Worst.
0: Did your app fail too Ty? You gonna try and tell me that you got locked out? No.
1: I had I drafted Kyrie Irving like an idiot and <laughs> he decided to skip this season with a shoulder injury. So
0: Dude, what happened to him now, man? So he got he came back and what's he doing he now? Re-aggravated. Oh. He reaggravate
1: he re aggravated his shoulder and then he re aggravated it again. So I think he's just waiting until KD comes back. But anyway, the Stots Tots team. Seven and nine, we aren't looking too
0: hot. Well, listen, all right. neither of you guys need to be too ashamed because uh, Brandon Geiger down there with uh, Babbitt's bad habits, hey! he is still over. He is zero sixteen so far in the season. I feel bad well, for the name dude at this like point. that.
1: You deserve, you deserve. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yo, come on, Babbitt could get one win in all of his bad habits.
1: Dude, Luke Babbitt was one of the scariest people I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, scary how? I got like an autograph from him. Uh, I think I was in middle school or something, and I was like. He like walked up, he like just was staring at me, which I th- I thought I did something wrong at first. And he was like, "Do you want an autograph?" And I was like, "Yeah." And so I put I like gave him my pamphlet, and he like signed <laughs> it so slow, like literally like he was like stoned or something. He wasn't stoned, but was just, like, he signed it so so slow, and then like hands it to me so slow and stares at me and is just like, "You're welcome." And I'm like, "Thanks." <laughs> Sounds like a zombie. <laughs> and he was just, just yeah, just. No, like he had no emotion, and he just like he just he just like walked to the back of the locker room, like just like it was nothing. I was like, what is happening?
0: That's amazing. I
1: remember it so vividly.
0: <laughs> I, I I never I never really met Babbitt. Did you have any uh, close-ups with Babbitt? Uh Can you confirm that he's a zombie, Chris?
2: No, I never met him. Never met him. That oh, was it was before, before your time. time. Before my time. Well, that's fair. But anyway,
1: let's move on. Okay, let's do it. So
0: we've got. <laughs> We've got one game of basketball this week since it's the short week. Uh, We're recording here on a Tuesday, and we're back this weekend. So uh, what is the game? We've got a game against the Pelicans coming up here. The New
1: Orleans Pelicans. No word if we will have Damian Lillard. No word
0: if we will have Yusuf Nurkic. This game is at home, 7.30 this Friday. No word on those players it. like you said, Ty. Uh, so so how I'll much I'm to I'll
1: go on a limb and say Lillard plays, okay and I'll set the line at Blazers minus two. Minus two?
0: That's so close. I think
1: I think betters love love New Orleans. Oh, yeah. that's
0: fair. Okay, so you're taking that into What do you think, Blazers, Chris? Would you uh would you put money on Blazers at two? Blazers. At?
2: Yeah, I'd put money on Blazers winning by dub. double digits. They're gonna have a good oh, game.
0: Oh really? Yeah. So here the they can't lose. Two. I like it. More this uh, this uh, insider information from Chris's gut. We yeah. have uh, he's saying double digit victory. Okay.
2: Yeah, like I've it. had I've had some internal conversations with uh, Josh Tivin in recent weeks, and I'm, I'm just confident. <laughs> I'm confident the Blazers win to this Blazers are Shout out to our game. favorite ref.
0: Hey, <laughs> dude, is he seriously refing that game again?
2: No, I don't know. I just wanted to drop a Josh oh, okay. Tivin in there. <laughs> You hey, scared let, me for a second. Man. Let the man live. People make mistakes. It sucks, but. Oh yeah, no, no, for sure. Twitterverse Twitter goes was... and roasts him like the do- guy's not a real person. Like, geez, come on, <laughs> y'all are savage. Oh man, yeah. Well, I, that was that was. Yeah. Uh, okay.
0: You know what? We 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 ranted about that horrible goaltending call. It wasn't no, call his fault. You know. The
2: NBA be- review process is stupid. Moving on. That is
0: 100% right. You nailed it. It is not the ref's fault. The NBA needs to what? Change the rules. Like I've been pumping floor all night tonight, talking about changing the rules of the NBA. But no, no you want to no. change Pris- dumb
2: rules, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you want to change dumb ones. <laughs>
0: I want to make the game better. Speaking I want the game to change be the best rules it can after be, whatever that takes.
2: After an hour and a half on this podcast, I've decided that the best way to change the skill competition and the dunk competition <laughs> is to make the dunk competition the last station on the skill competition. So you have to start out Ooh. and you have to you have to do the weave, Fine. then you have to do a little jump shot, then you gotta do the pass, and you gotta do whatever, and then you gotta end with a dunk and whoever does it the fastest moves on.
0: That's interesting, I like it. Second bat, I, I like that. Oh boy, yeah. man, okay, well we're gonna have to come back to that. And Chris, obviously we'll have to have you on here more than once every four months. It sounds like all of us are on that line for uh, Blazers minus 2. Sorry, I kind of skipped over you, Ty. Are you taking that line? I assume you're taking that line. The line I'll take
1: set? it. Okay, taking the roll. line. He made
0: the line. Come on. i
1: take it. i take it.
0: I made it. Well, here, before we go, let's get a prop bet, Rolling too. Roll with it. Uh, let's, what else can we do besides the line for the game? Uh, let's see. Over-under on total assists between New Orleans and the Blazers. Blazers being one of the worst assist teams per game. New Orleans up there on the other end of that spectrum. What do you want to put the over-under at for total assists uh, in the game? Oh man, I'll put it twenty. Wait, combine? Yeah, combine both teams. Combine total number of assists. What do you think, Chris? Any idea? Come up
1: with the most random things, Keith. I tell you,
0: <laughs> it's gonna be a good one, man. This is gonna be a good. Fifty assists. You think fifty? I think that's high. Twenty-five under. each,
1: maybe. I'm 45. taking the under. Forty-five. We'll we'll put it at fifty and we'll
0: take the under. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm taking the under. If we're all if we're all taking the under, let's adjust. Are we all seeing under on fifty?
2: I think forty-five is the over/under, and I'm taking the under.
0: Let's do that. I'm going under. Ty, are you going over on 45? I'll take 46. Okay. It's at 45 then. I'll be the line. I wish wish he was a Vegas
2: bookie. (laughs) I make a ton of money. Okay. Combined points. Over, under, 450. I'm taking the under. (laughs) Sweet. I'm taking the under, too. <laughs> well, listen. I'm
0: just saying, if we, if we were all on the under, we got to adjust the line. Ty is the one that saved this year. He's taking 46. I think we should set it more like 40. I don't think there's gonna be even. I don't think. I think 42. Nope. I yes. think we'll have 43. Nope. What's,
2: what's done is done. Quit trying to change it, Keith.
0: What is with <laughs> you? Just trying to
2: change things. Just let it
0: be. Change it all. Make it a game better. Okay, for, 45 is the line. Minus two for the Blazers. Chris, God, we really have potted for like an hour and a half already on this, man. Thank you for joining us. Uh, once every four months. Let's make it once every three. Let's get you back in here three months from now, or, or, or we'll see how that goes. That's after the season. It's got to be sooner than that. We'll see. Chris, you wanna? You you will come back. You'll come back this weekend. We'll get you in again or something. I, I, yeah. I'm not gonna rope you into that. We'll talk. we <laughs> talk. Okay. We'll do whatever you Let's need get me to you do on this weekend. Whatever you need me no, to pressure. Do. <laughs> no pressure.
1: No pressure. We'll talk about it. Chris, Figure it out.
0: My people will talk to your people. I'll, I'll leave a note on your on your desk at work. Uh, yeah, we'll get you back in here.
2: Word. Yeah.
1: Thanks again to Chris Burkhart. Uh, on coming onto our show, and he rambled with us for about 90 minutes here, so uh, <laughs> we kept him a lot longer than expected on this Tuesday night. But some hot Keith, takes, if, man. Some good if stuff. people are uh, wanting to find us on the social medias or Chris, since we forgot to ask him, where can <laughs> they find us?
0: They can always find us at Trailcasters, they can find me at Rip City Keith. They can find you. Wait, is it still at Ty Delbridge? Or did you change that one now? To at Ty Delbridge. At Ty That's Delbridge. Me. And they can find Chris. Shout out to him for being a wonderful guest at C Burkhart NBCS. Uh, yeah, dude. That was some fun stuff. Some great hot takes. I love that Chris brings the fire. Uh, oh, and Always brings the fire. And, of course, I, I just I just keep talking. So, please, tie back to you.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, and if people don't want to hit us on social media, if they want to stick with the fancy dancy emails, where can they send those emails? Send
0: us those fancy dancy emails at trailcasters at gmail.com.
1: And if whatever podcast app. Platform they are listening to us on, what should they be doing?
0: Always love those five stars, my man.
1: We love five stars. And these fantastic beats, actually,
0: uh-huh. they are not.
1: <laughs> 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 these fan- And these fantastic beats that these people are hearing, where can uh, they find them? Well, they
0: can indeed find them on SoundCloud.com slash Odar Beats. We just had a, we, we, are, we refined our search engine process. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there we go so that is where you can find them
0: yes you can we can absolutely find those beats from odar at soundcloud.com slash odar beats they are there we are just bad at searching for things you and i tie and that's okay uh but if you want to search for things let's say if you're using maybe a a, a dictation method like you uh, speaking into your phone you can go and talk to brenda over at clearly shout out to brenda nocton she's a licensed speech and hearing pathologist she can help you with all of your speech and hearing needs give her a shout out at clearly in closing your honorable listeners that's it that's our show thank you ty as always thank you to odar for these fat beats thank you to our sponsor clearly speaking and thank you to chris burkhardt of nbc sports northwest for joining us today and thank you listeners for a great listening we hope you enjoy your blazers your rip city basketball and our latest episode thank you again and please come back next week for the next edition of the Trailcasters.